So yes, we were neighbors, but Logan left out one of the most important parts. If, if Logan's ever cleaned your windows, you're welcome. <laughs> we worked together at the same window cleaning company, and I trained Logan from a, just a wee, wee little window cleaner to the, to the window cleaner that he is today. So window cleaning never dies. It stays with you forever. I was actually telling him the other day, I still have nightmares sometimes. I, I, wake, I have dreams that I'm working there, and I always say to myself, how did I end up back here? There we go, we got one. <laughs> but I just want to jump right into what I wanted to talk about today. It's something that's uh, just been really on my heart, and I feel like God has just kind of like opened my eyes to uh, what it is to live out our faith and to be fishers of men. So that's, that's the title. Logan did this for me. It's great. Gone fishing. That's what I titled it. Because that's what we're going to kind of talk about today. We're going to talk about fishing. So where's my, where's my fisher men and women out here? Oh, oh, wow. Really? That's it? Okay. Well, at least we have some. Where's, where's the rest of you like, okay, fishing, okay, just that's the worst thing that could ever happen. There we go. That's, that makes sense. I, and, and, and like I understand, fishing, uh, fishing takes a lot of patience. Uh, you go out there for hours sometimes, nothing happens. It can be hot, it can be cold, it can be rainy, it can be dark. And then the worst part is that you actually have to touch the fish. They're slimy. Or then, you know, as a kid, I, never, I still never got over putting worms on a hook. You know, it's like, oh, man, this is, this is just, oh, I'm sorry, man, but I got, I got to do this. Uh, but I, I, I can't tell you why, but I love fishing. It's, it's, to me, it's one of the things that I, people look at me and they're like, you're a fisherman? Yeah, I'm up here, I got my hair all done, and you know, I'm like six foot eight now with my hair up here. Uh, but I love fishing. I, I, I could go out for hours and hours and hours and just fish all day, just me, my dad, my brother. We don't even have to say anything. We just sit there and just fish and fish. There's even, I have a, I have a picture just to prove that I can, I can actually catch fish. There you go. That was a, that was a family uh, vacation we just took not too long ago. That was, the, that was the fish of the trip. So, And ironically, talking about it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of patience and diligence. That was my second cast, so I think I set a bad precedence for myself because I was like, oh, this trip's going to be amazing. The fish are just kind of going crazy. But that's really, that's really what it's... That's what you have to do to be a good fisherman. If you want to continue to try and get fish that are like this, you have to wake up. You have to go out there. You have to cast the line every single time. You can't just go out there for an hour and go, oh my gosh, I didn't even have one bite. No, you have to keep going and going and going. And then sometimes there's nothing. Sometimes you can be out there for hours and end. You're like, I just, I caught one fish today. Other times it's like you're just slaying them. They're just... You can't, you can't pull them in fast enough. But that's what I just love. I love the anticipation of like, when is this fish going to come? The fight of it, and then that last moment. It's like, it's all worth it to hold it up and go, yeah, look at this fish. Don't worry. He's alive. I put him back. He's not dead. He's still living. Um, but as, I was, as I've been thinking about this a lot lately, I've been thinking about fishing. There's a verse, there's a section that has really been sticking out to me, and is. And it started to make so much sense to me the way that Jesus, when he was calling his disciples, 
he used a, a famous phrase that maybe a lot of you have heard and maybe you've never heard of it, but that's where we're just going to turn really quickly to Mark chapter 1. It's up here on the screen, but I also have it in my Bible. I think Logan said this is the NLT. I have the HCSB, so I'm just going to read it from mine, but it's also up here for you to see. It says, Jesus, as he was passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, otherwise that's Peter, and Andrew, Simon's brother. They were casting a net into the sea since they were fishermen. Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Um, immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat mending their nets. Immediately, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with their hired men and followed him. So Jesus sees these fishermen, and I just, I love how Jesus talks because he always uses analogies, and I'm still trying to learn how to do that, but Jesus just knew the best way to teach people and use their own circumstances. So he sees these fishermen, and they're doing their job. They're, they're fishing for fish, and he comes up to them, and he's like, hey, guys, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And to me, I'm just like, there's no hesitation for them. If someone comes up to me and says, hey, I want you to be fishers of men. I'm like, okay, can I get my phone out fast enough so I can call 911? Because I don't, I don't know what this person, luckily they weren't hunting because then they'd be hunting for people. Um, and so, but he calls them, he says, follow me. I'm gonna make you go out and fish for people. I'm gonna make you disciplers, people who are going out and telling people about me and what I'm going to do for this world. I'm going to show you what it is to disciples making disciples. That's what fishing for people is, to be fishers of men. And to do this, you have to be diligent. You have to be willing to go out every day just like fishing. You have to be willing to throw the line out there and try and see what you can find, see the conversations that you can have with people. And so that's what I want us to really focus on today is to recognize that Jesus, with his disciples, is also calling all of us to be fishers of men. What does that look like? What does that, what does that mean to be a fisher of men? What, what is keeping me from being a fisher of men? What are the things that make me scared to go out and actually share my faith with someone, to share the, to share the gospel with them so that they know the good news of Jesus Christ? And so that's what I just want us to focus on today. What does it mean to be a fisher of men? And the first thing that I want us to, to know and see from this is that we are all called to be fishermen and women of all people who are around us. God uses average, normal people to fulfill his will in bringing about his kingdom. I hope you notice that even from this passage. These guys are fishermen. Yeah, that's, that's the whole analogy. That's the point. Fishermen aren't anything special. They were probably like even low in society. They weren't the smartest of the smart. They weren't the best of the best. But Jesus says, I've chosen you. I want you to go out and to be fishers of men. You don't have to have this super high education. You don't have to have your bachelor's, your master's, and your doctorate to be able to go out and, and share the gospel with people. That's what our modern day culture pushes on us. That you have to have all these things under your belt so that you have the ability and the, and the reason to be able to go out and say these things. That's not biblical at all. They, 
those guys, did they go to a four-year college? I don't think so. They were fishermen. And so he's calling them. He says, I want you to be fishers of men. And so that's what I want us to recognize and know that don't let that ever cross your mind. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. There's no way that I could do this. That's wrong. If we're believers and we have Christ, we have his Holy Spirit, he is the one who is guiding us and leading us, and he will be able to show us how I can go out and make disciples for Christ because God has called us all to be disciple makers, but God has not called us all to be missionaries or pastors. I know we get up here, and, and our, sorry, I have a, a verse first. It's 1 Corinthians 7, 17 through 24, and really it's just verse 24, but it says, brothers and sisters, each person is to remain with God in the situation in which he was called. I know that kind of sounds weird, but that's what Paul was actually talking to the Corinthian people because they were saved in a certain situation that they were in, like a certain life situation. And he's actually, and when you go to that passage, he's, he's using examples like circumcision and slavery because that's what some of them were thinking. They're like, oh, well, to be a real Christian, I can't be a slave anymore. I need to be a free man. That no Christian can be a slave. I can't, I can't worship God. I can't give glory to God. I can't witness to people being a slave. And Paul's like, no, you can you don't have to be a pastor. You do not have to be a missionary. There, I know I'm here, and I know this is growing up, this is how we always, you know, missionaries come up, and it's like, oh, wow, you know, like, we kind of put the missionaries up on this pedestal, and it's like, look at these people, man. They left everything behind. They're going to different cultures and to different people, leaving their friends and family. They're these super Christians. Guys, no, I'm not a super Christian. There's no such thing as a super Christian. It is, to, in our walk in faith in Christ, being a pastor or being a missionary is not the pinnacle of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Are you a mailman? Be the best mailman you can be for Christ. Disciple people where you're at. You work at school, you work in a cubicle nine hours a day, you're a trash man, are you a stay-at-home mom? You got those children to disciple. Am I right? God has not called us all to be missionaries and pastors because we can't do it alone. If, if all your hope is in, I'm gonna bring all the people to the leader, I'm gonna bring all the people to Logan, to Kelsey, to all the leaders here, nothing, they can't do it on their own. We need the whole group. You don't have to be a pastor. You do not have to be a missionary. What you are called to be is a discipler, going out and making disciples. And so even right, and what does that look like? This is what it means to be a fisherman. If you just turn, if you have your Bibles, or if you have your, if you have your phone, you just go one chapter back into Matthew. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. This one's not on the slide, so don't worry. But this is where we see the Great Commission. And this is where, you know, most missionaries, when they go through, and rightfully so, they talk about, you know, this is, this is why missions is important. This is why you should go across seas and, and tell people about Christ and all that kind of stuff. But I love this passage so much because I love what Jesus says. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Guys, I'd, I'm just going to take a quick rabbit trail. Jesus is king today. 
He is not just king in heaven. He is king here. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. COVID, wars, and we start to think, man, the devil is just running amok and he's the, he's the king here on this planet and he is just running loose and doing whatever, he's want, whatever he wants. Nope. Jesus has him on his leash because Jesus is reigning now. He is the king. He has got everything under control. So don't remember that or don't, don't forget that. But then what does he say then next? He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. That's the reason we go. It's not because, oh, this is, this is what it means to be a Christian. I have to do these things. I have to go out and share the gospel with people. Oh, man, this is the worst thing ever. No, Jesus says, I, I am giving you authority because I have this authority. Now go. If we're standing here today, if you're a believer in here, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it is because of that day. You, how many of you done your ancestry online? You get to see, you know, where you're from. Maybe not a lot of us. I know my mom did it. Okay, we got one. It's cool. You get to see, you know, oh, this is, you know, where, where our family's from, and this is, you know, my roots and all this kind of stuff. If you're a believer here today, it's because of that day. You could trace who told who, if we could, the faith of Jesus Christ, all the way back to that moment on that mountain when the disciples went out and started saying, Guys, Jesus is it. And that's what we are called to do. We are called to go out to make disciples who are making disciples. But to be a fisherman of men, we have to do these things. And this first thing that we have to do is you have to make your cast. You have to throw it out there. If you want to catch fish, you have to keep doing that. The moment you stop, you're not going to catch anything. It's the same way with us sharing the gospel. If we don't ever share the gospel, if we don't actually ever share our faith with someone, do we actually expect to see people come to know Christ? There's a study that I found. It says the study was conducted by Lifeway Research. It says 80% of those who attend church one or more times a month believe they have a personal responsibility to share their faith. 80% sounds pretty good. There's 20% of believers out there who think it's not their responsibility to share their faith. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I hope there's 100% agreement here. It's all of our responsibility to share their faith, to share our faith. Yet despite this conviction, 61% have not told another person about how to become a Christian in the previous six months. That's a frightening statistic. How can we as a church, as a people who are following Christ, expect to see people come to know Christ if we don't share the gospel, if we're not picking up our fishing pole and throwing it out there and seeing what we can get? Maybe you're under the conviction of, oh, I, you know, I just don't, I don't wanna say these words, but I'll, I'll just let my actions show. I'll let people see the, the goodness that I'm showing and, and the kind acts that I'm doing, and in that way, they'll see the goodness of Christ. That's great. I love that. Because James says, faith without works is dead. If your faith is, yeah, I believe Jesus Christ, but there's nothing to show for it in your life, that's no different than saying, I love my wife and I never do anything for her. 
I can say I love my wife all day, a hundred times a day. I don't give her a hug. Do I really love my wife? But the problem is, is if we go out and we do good things, if we're in the community serving people, doing these things for people so that they will see something and we don't share the words of Jesus Christ and his gospel, people will attribute it to something else. We've seen it. People will come in Slovenia and they'll, they'll see the good things we're, go- we're doing, we're helping people, and I guarantee you, I would not be surprised that they would then say and turn around, oh man, those guys have great energy. John Piper, a famous pastor said, we are not loving people no matter what we're doing with our hands, if we are not preaching and teaching the gospel of Christ, no matter what we're doing, we can be doing all the things, the physical things, meeting people's needs, loving on them, but if we're not preaching Christ, we're not really loving them. Because Romans 10, 17 says this, faith comes from what is heard, And what is heard comes through the message about Christ. I recently listened to a podcast, and it was specifically talking about witnessing to uh, all of your friends who may be in the LGBT community. And they were, uh, there was even the guy that was on there, he was actually uh, formerly in that community, but now he's a pastor, has a wife, and he has a kid. And he's, I think he's somewhere in New York, and he goes out, and they've started a church, and he's evangelizing and, and talking to people all the time. And on this podcast, someone asked, they asked the question, um, what, what, are, what is the best ways that I can be witnessing to my friends in, in these types of communities? And I really loved what he said. He said, okay, when's the last time that you actually share the gospel with someone? And I can't remember what the guy really, what he said after that, but I, I really liked his point because he was saying, you don't need to worry about witnessing to a specific group of people in your life because you think that's who you need to talk to if you haven't talked to anyone at all. Start with just simply teaching the gospel, evangelizing, making disciples, start there. And then later on we can talk about doing some different things and try to reach specific people. But if you think that you're gonna try and reach someone over here when you're not even doing it here, it's not gonna happen. And so we have to make our cast. If we wanna see more people at Refuge Church, not just because of numbers, because we wanna actually see people who've been changed by the gospel of Christ, we gotta throw it out there. But what's the problem? Why don't we share? Why don't we share our faith with more people? Because I know when I start talking about this, maybe for some of you, you know, the hair starts to stand on the back of your neck. I know, I've been there. Talking about evangelism, oh David, like talking to people about their faith, don't you understand what kind of conversations and confrontations that's gonna create? Yep, I do. And this is the first reason why we don't share with people. It's because we're afraid of what they will think and what they will say. We're afraid of confrontation. We have to get, we have to learn to get over the fact that people will not like the message of the gospel. Why? Because in 1 Corinthians 1.23 it says this, 
But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. The gospel is a stumbling block. It's, it's like if I threw something down here and you're walking your way and you're like, oh, like, no, I didn't like that. We cannot let people, we cannot let how people react to the gospel dictate how much we will share it. Because as much as the gospel is good news, and I, and I want to scream that from the rooftops, the gospel is good news. It starts with bad news. I'm a sinner. I'm not as good as I think I actually am. There's actually a God who has created everything and he's put everything in order and he says what is right and what is wrong. I am not the God of my life. That's what Adam and Eve did in the garden. When they said, I'm gonna eat of that fruit, of the knowledge of good and evil, I'm gonna decide what is good. I'm gonna decide what is evil. I am God. We cannot let people stop us from sharing the gospel. You wanna know why? Jesus experienced it. You know how we know he experienced it? Where did he end up? On the cross. Because he was sharing the good news of the kingdom. If we let people dictate how we share the gospel with them, we will never do it because we will continually run into people who want nothing to do with it. They'll get upset. They won't be your friends anymore. We've experienced that. And that's okay. All praise to God. Just like Peter and the disciples, when they were beaten for Christ in the jail, they walked out and they rejoiced because they found it amazing to be like Jesus, to be beaten for the gospel of Christ. Another reason why we don't share the gospel is because we see little fruit. We share the gospel many, many times. Maybe you've, maybe you've done it and you've experienced it. You're like, man, but every time I share the gospel, I don't, I don't see anything happening. No one's accepting it, no one's, no one's receiving it, no one's becoming a Christian. That's even yesterday. We were at the park, me and my wife, and lo and behold, right when we get up there, there's two Jehovah Witnesses standing there. That's like a party for me, I can't wait. I get over there and talk to them, talking about our differences and trying to share with them the, the gospel, the real Jesus. Nothing happened. It's no different than fishing. You go out, and you spend all this time, and, and sometimes it just doesn't feel rewarding at all. What, just recently when I went on this fishing trip, we went for five days, I did the math. I fished for 46 hours. Did I catch a lot? Not really, not as much as, as I would like. I caught some, which was, you know, it's great, at least I caught something, but it wasn't a lot. It took time and it took effort. But you spend all this time casting and casting and sometimes you get nothing. I think we have the same view then when it comes to evangelizing, when it comes to disciple making. We see the people around us and nothing's happening. We get discouraged and we go, why do I even do this? We're not 
catching anybody. But what's the problem of this thinking? We end up thinking that we're the ones saving people. We think the better we share the gospel, the more people will get saved, right? If I could just formulate it in this way, and, and this, is, you know, this is the most beautiful gospel presentation that I could ever create, no one could ever reject this. Guys, I'm telling you, I've, I've had some of the best conversations ever where I sit there and I go, Holy Spirit, I don't know where you pulled that from, but that was awesome. Nothing happened. And I've seen the most simple presentations of the gospel message change people's lives. Because in 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 7, it says this, what then is Apollos, what is Paul? They are servants through whom you believe and each has the role the Lord has given. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So that neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. Yet again, no matter how well we share the gospel, you aren't the one providing the growth. God is. This should be such amazing news. Why? Because the burden is off my shoulders. I don't have to go out with the expectation of I have to share the gospel, and if they don't accept Christ, then that means I've done something wrong. Nope. I want to go out and I want to share the gospel with people, and if they don't accept it, that's not my responsibility. My responsibility in sharing the gospel is what? Being faithful to do it, to pick up my fishing pole and just zing that thing as far out there as I can because God will be the one who does something, not me. So to, to come back to what are the things that we have to do, to do as fishermen, this is the last, my last point under this, is that you have to use the right lure. As fishermen, you know, you go to Bass Pro, you just walk up to that aisle, there's all those lures, and you're just like, oh, this is, this is amazing. There's, I don't know what it is, but they're just like little, little mini collectibles. Like, I have the same one, but I need it in all different colors. And in, in the, in the lines, the aisles just go on and on and on, and you're just like, I just, I want them all. I, I need them all. I need 12 toolboxes to hold them all. Because each lure has its own thing that it does. Catches this type of fish, and catches it in this way. But as believers, we don't have many different types of lures. We have one, and that's the gospel message. That's the only lure that we have. We can present it in different ways, and that's great. We, sh we don't have to be the people who walk down the street with our KJV Bible and tell people to repent and hit them upside the head. I hope that we can grow in understanding that this is what this person needs to hear in this moment from the gospel. This is what this person needs to hear in this moment. But it's still the same gospel. It's the same lure. Because the thing that we have to be careful of is that we don't have the right one. That maybe our lure is not really the right lure. A gospel message that doesn't that doesn't teach repentance and turning from sin or even mentioning the word sin, that's not the gospel. If all we focus on is God loves you, he wants to have this relationship with you, he loves you for who you are, 
I can just see people. What's so special about that? Great, God loves me. I love me too. Who wouldn't love me? But if we aren't teaching people, no, God loves you in this way. He died for your sins on the cross. He took on the wrath of God for you and now calls us to live a life that is glorifying to him and following him. That's what 1 Corinthians 8, 9 through 11 says. It says, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit God's kingdom? Do not be deceived. No sexually immoral people, idolaters, adulterers, or males who have sex with males, no thieves, greedy people, drunkards, verbally abusive people, or swindlers will inherit God's kingdom. And some of you used to be like this. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit of our God. That's what the gospel message calls us to do. A gospel message that calls us just to stay in our life situation and just to keep living our lives the way we were living before and not changing us and not growing us to be more like Christ, that's not the gospel. And then on the other hand, we can't be legalistic. We can't go to the opposite extreme and saying, oh, we gotta, we gotta force these rules down people's throats. You know, this, this is what it means to be a Christian. You have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. Why do we expect people who Jesus is not the Lord of their life to follow these things that God wants us to do? Law, the Ten Commandments, will never save us. That's Romans 7. The law is great. It shows us the righteousness and the holiness of God, but it doesn't save us. Why? Because it shows us so much more how much we are a sinner. That's all the law does. If we expect to try and force rules on people, it will only produce one thing, death. It will not produce life. As Jesus said, I have come to give life abundantly. It's just like politics. Here, let's, let's try to put this policy in so we can see, if, we, if we're wanting to see our, our, our country change, we're like, oh, let's change this policy, let's change this policy, new policy, new policy. If we wanna see our country changed for good to actually follow Christ, it's not policies. It's the simple gospel message to call people to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. So my question would just be, do you have the right gospel? My wish for you is that you know what the gospel truly is. The gospel is good news. Why is it good news? Because Jesus came and died on the cross for me and for you. And he calls me to repentance. That Maybe for that word for some of you is like, ooh, repentance. I, I don't really know what that is. Or I'm kind of scared of that word. Repentance is just simply saying, I was walking this way. And now 180 degrees, I'm going the other way. But I'm not just going this way because of my works and what I can do. I'm turning to something. I'm turning to Christ. Because he fulfilled the law. When I stand before God one day, it's not going to be because, God, look at everything that I have done. No, it's going to be, God, I have faith in your son Jesus because he was the one who did it. 
He fulfilled the law. And when I stand before God, I will stand in the righteousness of Christ. And that is the only righteousness that I want. So I just want to end with this. I hope today that we have seen how God is calling us all to be fishers of men. And I know at times that can be scary to go out and to talk to people about your faith, your friends, your family, your coworkers, the people you see at the park. But God is with us. He says, I will be with you to the end of the age. And when those times happen, when we actually share the gospel with someone and we see them come to faith, it's one of the most amazing things that we get to see because we see God working right in front of us and it reminds us all the more of how God changed me. And now I get to see it again. And it's all worth it. Because this picture, there's a picture, yep. This guy right here on the right, today, we met at a church camp. He was trying to figure out his life. He came from a Catholic family and he accepted Christ, but he was still confused. He didn't understand certain things and it was hours and hours and hours of discipling him. He's our music leader today. He's one of the most evangelistic people that I know. He goes out and shares the gospel with people. That girl right there, someone that he met at a hotel where he was working at. Started sharing the gospel with her. Now she's in our church. She's been baptized. She's following Christ. And you know what? She started sharing her faith with others. And I'm discipling one of her friends. It's worth it. Because we see life change. We see how God works in people's lives. But if we want to see the kingdom grow, we have to be fishers and men. So I challenge you today, do you have that one person? Can you name one person that you are pouring into, that you are discipling? Discipleship is not some major program. It's opening the word. It's praying together. It's doing life together. That's discipleship. If you can't think of at least that one, then I think you know, you know what you need to do. Pick up that pole and start casting. Because Jesus is standing before you today and saying, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ, I have to take the opportunity. I have to do my casting. If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus today, Jesus is calling you now. He is knocking on the door and saying, let me in. Jesus Christ came and died on a cross for sinners. Me, I'm a sinner. Jesus Christ died for his enemies and he defeated it. He defeated sin on the cross and he rose from the dead. And the good news of the gospel is, is I can say one day I was an enemy, but today I can stand here and say, I am a child of God. The God of this universe who spoke everything into existence has a personal relationship with me. And I can say, my father, that is the gospel. 
I pray today that you would know him personally. Repent and believe in Jesus Christ. There is no greater refuge than Jesus Christ. Let's pray.